Welcome back to the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon. If you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, thanks so much for being a part of the Menopause Movement. Now, today we welcome back to the podcast, Stephanie Davis. Stephanie is an Enneagram professional. And if you haven't enjoyed the first podcast with her, make sure you go back and listen to that one because it will make this one so much more interesting and it'll make more sense. Now, we're in the midst of a global pandemic and almost everyone is stuck at home. So I've invited Stephanie back to the show to help us make sense of our behaviors, some of it which may not make sense to us. Now, Stephanie is a certified accredited Enneagram professional with distinction and has been teaching the Enneagram for almost 30 years. She's also educated in psychology, business systems theory, and certified as a master trainer of NLP and in core transformation, neurooptimal, Reiki, matrix energetics, mandala assessment, and metaphors of movement. During the podcast, we discuss how different Enneagram types are affected by this global reset the effect disruption of our social life has on our type, the different harmonic triads in which each type is contained, how our instincts may affect us during this crisis, each Enneagram type's reaction to stress. So if you don't know your Enneagram type, make sure you visit drmichellegordon.com forward slash podcasts for the link to Enneagram assessment. And that podcast was way back, I think, in July of 2019. And so you may have to click more on the website. However, we'll definitely hook it up in the show notes. Also join our Facebook group called Menopause Movement. And all you have to do is search for groups. And we'll also make sure that there's a link in the show notes. You can join our our community. It's a private Facebook community, so you actually may not be able to search for it. But if you put in facebook.com forward slash groups and then another forward slash menopause movement, you should be able to see it and then request access. And tell, your, tell the community your Enneagram type and how you're reacting to this change in status quo. Now, at the end of the episode, make sure you visit drmichellegordon.com forward slash podcasts where you can find the show notes plus the links to the books and resources mentioned in the episode. And if you enjoy the episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you're always the first to know when each episode is released. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for all of the five-star reviews. And if you haven't left a review yet, please take the time to review the podcast. This helps more women find it and get the help they need during the disruption of menopause. No one should have to go through it alone. Further, we've also created a free training to help our podcast listeners go from minnow misery, and you know, that's the hot, sweaty, sleepless nights, irritable low mood, feeling like an alien has beamed down and taken control of your body, piling on the weight and looking pregnant, or feeling like managing your menopause is a full-time job, to minnow mate, not bothered by symptoms, happy and content with life, even dropping weight and fitting into your pre-menopause clothes, among other things. And to access the free training, go to learn.menopausemovement.com forward slash start. And thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement. Now let's get to Stephanie. Welcome back to the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here again. Your podcast on the Enneagram is in the top 10 of all the downloads. And it's the longest one that we have. And people are still downloading it and really seem to enjoy it. 
And so, you know, I wanted to, you know, we're, it's, we're recording today, it's April 3rd, I would say three weeks into the coronavirus pandemic in the U.S. with everything being shut down, people being stuck at home. And the purpose of this podcast was to just kind of get an idea of what we can expect from the different types <laughs> as we're stuck at home with them. Right. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be back and always happy to talk about the Enneagram. But before I get into, or before we get into the nine types, I want to just preface this with the idea that the Enneagram is a, is a flowing, you know, dynamic system. And people move around all nine points circumstantially. You know, like each of the points kind of represents a major human dilemma. And so as our life changes, we can move around into the different positions, even though our core type is, is always the same. And the other thing that I'll say is that with this pandemic, you know, because I've been, I've been in all the Enneagram groups looking at how people are saying that they're responding and everything. And I'll say that it really depends on some other outside factors. How affected is the person? You know, like how affected is their health or the health of their loved ones? How affected are their finances? If, you know, did they lose a job? Are, are they going to be gainfully employed? Are they like me, busier than ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest, you know, because I'm, I'm a business consultant and businesses are in trouble right now. So I'm not laying around watching TV, you know, I'm super, super busy. And then how disrupted is their social life? You know, some people, their lives are completely outside their homes and some people's lives are very centered around their homes. So that's going to make a huge difference in their reaction patterns. And I think one of the most important ones that I've seen splitting how the same Enneagram type responds is where they're getting their news from. Because, mm. you know, it's almost like there's a group of people who just are being informed by people who somehow want to deny the whole thing. <laughs> and so they're taking a much longer time getting, you know, with the program, thinking that this is really a problem. They're still kind of getting used to that. And then other people seem to think, you know, this is some big conspiracy theory. This must mean that, you know, some big thing is happening. And then there's other people who, you know, have been scared to death, you know, sort of from the very, very beginning. So it kind of depends on where they're getting their news sources from in terms of how they're reacting to all of this. The other thing I want to say, sorry if I just run on for a minute, but this will, no, it's okay. help, this will help structure the conversation. The other thing I'll say is that the Enneagram is about a lot of different triangles, a lot of different pairings of how the different types fit into these different groups. And I'm finding that some of the groupings is more significant than even just the individual type in terms of how they're responding. So one of the groups is what we call the harmonic triads. And it's three different triangles of three. And there's three different groups. So one group is called positive outlook. So, and, and this is kind of like in response to uh, something bad, in, in response to a conflict, response to a, a dilemma, you know, something that needs resolving. So the positive outlook group, which is two, seven, and nine on the Enneagram, those three types, all their immediate response is going to be to try to reframe it to something positive. Let's see the bright side. Where's the silver lining? How can we approach this positively? You know, what, mm -hmm. it, so that, that's going to be a very strong response coming out of the two sevens, and, two sevens and nines. 
And then you have what we call the competency group, which is one, three, and five. And those types are very caught up in their own self-esteem or their own self-worth or their own image of themselves is caught up very much in the competency of their work product. So what they are accomplishing is huge, you know, in their life. And so, again, depending on those other variables I just discussed, you know, this could be affecting them in a very, very different way. So the ones, threes, and fives, you know, can they still be competent right now is going to be a huge piece for them. Yeah. And then the last triad is, is the emotional realness group. And that <laughs> is four, six, and eight. And the four, six, and eight, you know, emotional realness is basically, I am going to express my reactions. I am going to tell how I feel and how I'm affected or whatever. And I'm expecting to be mirrored by the world. I expect people to, to, to hear me, see me, get what I'm saying. And I'm expecting a, you know, sort of an equal response about that. And so again, I would say in general, I see a lot of this on Facebook and stuff like that, where people are, you know, they're trying to express and they want people to, you know, come in and, and, and sort of ratify that position. And, and so you see a lot of that really coming coming out d during this time. The other thing well, I want to say, I just want to say as an eight, just, yeah. just because, you know, I'm an eight with a one, I mean, I'm a perfectionistic eight, right? And so when this started happening in, you know, it was early January, right? Or late January, I noticed, you know, and we were in, we were in Antarctica and then we were Santiago. And, and I remember being on the cruise ship in Antarctica and looking at it and saying, this is not containable. It's, and, and I was started doing calculations and I said, okay, well, let's just see, you know, how many people are going to die? What, you know, how many people died in the Spanish flu? How deadly is this? I mean, I started looking at all the numbers, you know, and just doing a, doing the simple math because what's happening is, is that this particular medical crisis is our health crisis is an experiment in exponential, exponential growth, Right. So we all, we've heard about, you know, if you take one grain of sand or one rice kernel and then double it on a chessboard every day, how many, you know, how many do you have at the end? And it's, you know, so many, I mean, it's, I don't even remember, it might be a trillion because I don't, I can't think like that. I don't know exactly. I didn't do that, that calculation beforehand, but if there's 64, 64 pieces on a chess or 64 squares on a chessboard, all you got to do is do one, two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64. 128 and on and on and on. And as you double it, and so what's happening is we're seeing doubling of the virus um, cases every three to four days right now. So as of right now, we're over 1.1 million cases in the world. We're running at about a 5% death rate, right? So 5% mortality rate overall, 2.2 to 2.6% in the US, still with the highest number of cases in New York, but Five, so, so how I like to say it is like 95% of cases are asymptomatic essentially, or they have a little bit of symptoms and they'll get better. But of the recovered cases, 20% of those are deaths. So the fact that people don't want to take it seriously, or they keep saying that it's a conspiracy or that it doesn't matter, or it's not a big deal. You know, I've seen the x-rays. I've seen the people. We have 20, you know, I have a, we're in a small hospital and we have at least 20 ventilators right now, people who cannot breathe for themselves. And so it's, 
but but again, I'm coming from an eight, right? I'm coming from an eight and a one. And it's like, look at the facts, people. Why, why can't you see them? It's it's interesting though, because you're this is a perfect example because it, it depends on what your where you're getting your information from and what you believe about the situation. And then your type, you know, is going to express that in these right. ways, right? I have eight friends that are eights in my Facebook feed and whatnot, who are doing the same thing where it's like, wake up people, can't you see? But they're the one, but they're saying, you know, can't you see that the flu kills more people, car accidents kill more people. This is BS. You know, they're shutting down our economy. They're hurting us. We need to stop this. You know, they're, and I've seen that. I've seen that from other doctors even saying this is not a particularly virulent pathogen. And I, I put up a post on my personal Facebook page that said, there are no emergencies in a pandemic, right? So if you can't get personal protective equipment, that person who's dying over there does not get care. So if we can't get, if we can't protect ourselves, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take the risk of my family losing me and my son losing his mother prematurely because I wanted to go and be a hero, right? So I, I just, I won't do it. And I'm sure there are plenty of people who will disagree with me on that, but I won't do it. And so there's no emergencies in a pandemic. And one of my friends who... I went to medical school with basically said, you know, this is not a particularly virulent pathogen and the flu kills 55,000 people a year. And I said, well, you know, assuming a 60% penetrance with a 2% death rate, you know, we're looking at 1.6 to 3.2 million deaths in the U S alone. Well, not to mention that they're all particularly virulent clusters overwhelming the same hospital at the same time. And how many people are going to die from other things because they can't get the care care. They yeah. need, you know, in that moment. Um, but my point being that the eight-ish reaction, you know, that emotional realness and, hey, people, can't you see, will be coming from an eight, but they might have a different content to it depending on, you know, sort of like the view that they have of this mm-hmm. whole thing. So you're not going to see exactly the same kind of content reactions out of the nine types, but you'll see the kind of like the psychological mechanism of it will will kind of be the same for for each of the types. The, the other triad, which is the main triad of the Enneagram, which is quite significant here, is the gut, heart, or head. So the eights, nines, and ones are the gut types. And gut types are all about, you know, boundaries and rules and black and white and whose side are you on and where's the fight and what are we against? And, you know, it's all about sort of like this against that or, or not against it. You know, in, in the case of a nine, it's kind of like, why can't we all just get along? But it's a, it's a real clear sense of the boundaries and the rules and the sides and the, the things. And so you're going to see a lot of that playing out in how the eights, nines and ones are, are looking at the situation. And mm-hmm. then the twos, threes, and fours are the heart types. And their number one thing that they're always kind of very cognizant of is how am I being perceived? How am I being seen? Am I being accepted or rejected? And they're very keenly aware of how people, especially themselves, are being you know, accepted or rejected, you know, that, that dynamic. And so, again, you see this cropping up all over the place with the twos, threes, and fours looking at, well, first of all, if they're in social isolation, they might be cut off from their usual audience, which, you know, is going to have a big effect. 
but they're also looking at all the players and all the sides of this thing kind of from the standpoint of people being rejected or discarded or you know like some people are not being seen as important enough you know they're very cognizant of that that issue social justice well I, i'll get to that in just a second but but it's kind of like how people are accepting or rejecting one another right now even in like my little neighborhood my next door neighborhood forum or whatever you'll see a lot of the heart types are very much commenting on how people are treating one another right now <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that so so you have the heart types and then you have the head types which are the fives sixes and sevens and the number one thing that they are con constantly aware of is i would almost want to say danger you know it's it's like what do we need to figure out in order to survive how do we understand this and how do we make sure we're going to survive out of this? You know, those are very key issues for head types in, in anything. So you can imagine how much they're reacting to this pandemic with their heads. You know, they want to know and learn and, and, and figure it out. And, and, and they want information to somehow be very, very important in, in this whole thing. So that's another sort of distinction happening with the types. And then probably the most significant isn't isn't in triangles on the Enneagram, but it's within each of us. A very, very important part of the Enneagram is what we call the subtypes or the instincts. And so for every type, like you could have a type one person, but they could have a different stacking of the instincts. So the instincts are self-preservation. These are just human instincts. Self-preservation, I've got to survive. Then you've got social. I've got to, you know, be, I've got to get along in the herd. And then you have the sexual, which is I need to transmit. I need to pass on my, I, I need to live forever. I need to, I need to procreate kind of a concept. And it's also the obvious, you know, I want one person to be, you know, sort of like mated to me for life or, you know, I want, I, I want to hook one person and have a very deep, you know, personal one-on-one -on -one interchange kind of a thing. Those various things fall under that category of sexual. So each of the types has three different subtypes and we don't have, definitely don't have time to get into the 27 types <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> I'll just give you an example with the one because in Spanish, you don't even have to understand Spanish. This makes a whole lot of sense. I, I love that. I love the Spanish words for this. So in, in for the one, a self-preservation one, somebody whose highest instinct is self-preservation is going to be what they call a perfectionista, you know, perf perfectionist. They're going to want things to be perfect. So this is the stereotypical one who will fix the picture frame and, you know, looking at all, you know, making sure all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and, you know, like they can actually be. I do that. Perfectionistic, <laughs> right? <laughs> I fix picture frames. I reload yeah. the dishwasher. <laughs> so so they, they can actually have an anxiety around things being perfect, right? That's the, that's the self-preservation aspect of one. The social aspect of one is perfect. So instead of perfectionista, it's perfect. It's, it's an internal, I need to be the perfect specimen of a role model doing the right things. You know, they've got the little slave driver on the back and they want to be the, the, the perfect 
role model of a human in, in their in their job or whatever they're they're as a father as a mother as a, a worker and so so it's not so much an external they might have a completely messy house their picture frames might all be off you know cattywampus but they themselves you know they've put all that reforming perfecting energy onto making themselves as perfect as they can be and then the the sexual instinct of one is perfect adore. And perfect so that's adore. the comment of the reformer. They want the world to change. They want the world to fix itself. They want people to shape up or ship out. They want, you know, like they, they want, you know, change in, in, in others and in the world. And they have a lot more passion and energy for that. All the sexual types are a little bit more passionate you know they've got fire in their eyes and they've got kind of a they have more of an energetic passion than the other two so but that plays out in all nine types all nine types have a very different expression of their type based on their instinct so i'm not going to cover that today but i will say that i think even more significant than the enneagram type itself is whether someone has a high self-preservation a high social or a high sexual in how they're dealing with this pandemic. Mm. So obviously self-preservation, <laughs> they're, they're hoarding all the toilet paper and they're stocking their pantry and they're, you know, they're, they're doing everything they can. So regardless of their type, they are very cognizant and very aware of preserving themselves and their, their kith and their kin, right? And then you have the social types who are really thrown for a loop here because yeah. You know, they they usually are very aware of groups. They like groups. They're very oriented toward people in terms of teams and groups and hierarchies and whatnot. And, you know, our social world has been blown to smithereens. So uh, the socials, I think, are <laughs> are are in yeah. quite, a, quite a frenzy. And then, of course, the sexual, it depends on whether you have that perfect soulmate person or something, right? Quarantined in your home with you, I guess, on whether you're getting that need met. But if you're isolated completely, and, and I'm seeing this especially with the socials and the sexuals who live alone, mm. you know, they are, their whole world is, is, is topsy-turvy right now because they can't get either of those two needs met. The social, a little bit, can happen, you know, on Facebook and online and you see them, you know, trying to recreate society, you know, online, but I don't know what the sexuals are doing online. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, I mean, you think about, you know, sexual, you know, I'm sure that we, we, we know that there are more people on, on the internet now than there ever have been. And I'm sure that the internet porn sites are making a killing, you know, when you talk about sexual and, but at the same time, you know, you did say that, that, the sexual type, they are more interested in legacy than actual sexual expression. And so I, I could see, you know, people like really working hard to build something that's going to outlast them. You know, well, I wouldn't say that that legacy is more important than sexuality. I mean, it, it could be potentially, right? It depends on the person's, you know, status in life or whatever. But if you think, and, and Mario Sakura is the one who kind of, he doesn't call it the sexual instinct. He calls it the transmitting instinct. So it is kind of this, you know, like I need to mate with the world, with my purpose, with my passion or whatever. So they can be interested in legacy, but that can also be type related. I don't know. Anyway, I think that those three instincts have been disrupted phenomenally. And then there's another, one last thing I want to say before I literally go through the types. And that is, 
in the Enneagram, the symbol has these lines that in, if it's depicted correctly, the lines actually have little arrows on them. And those little arrows are showing you the direction of movement. And there's actually two different directions. One is with the arrows. The other one is against the arrows. But each type is going to be very intimately connected to the two types that are on the ends of the lines across from mm. them. And in, historically, in the earlier Enneagram books, it was depicted as one of the directions was what they would call stress or disintegration. So it's kind of like when you're going down, then you're going to go to that number. And when you're positive, when you're in flow, when you're in your security state, you're going to go to this other number. So now they have debunked that being absolute, meaning it's not definite that you're going to go this way when you're going down and this way when you're going up. But there's still a pretty strong statistical sort of significance to that. And it, you can really go to either one of them in stress or flow, but you do tend to pick up the negative characteristics of what's typically called your stress point or your disintegration point. And you can pick up the higher side of, you know, what would be your integration or your, your flow point. So I'm, I'm, I think that, again, I see that playing out a lot right now, because if you think about the Enneagram, it's like your type is a tightrope. You've chosen this particular tightrope to go through life. <laughs> and your wing, you know, like you're saying that you're, you're an eight, but you have a lot of one. That's not actually technically a wing. <laughs> you're cheating a little bit. It's not over two of them to get that wing. But your wings can have an influence. It can also be a parental overlay. You know, I had a mm. father that was a one. So that, that kind of gives me a lot more one-ishness than I might otherwise have had. But you can have a lot of different overlays that are adding some of other numbers, you know, into your mix. Those, I would say, all sort of like color the clothes you're wearing on your tightrope. I mean, they're kind of like an always expression that's there and it's actually part of your ongoing personality. But think of the lines as the pole that you're using to stay on your tightrope. <laughs> so like as a seven, oh my seven. so my two numbers that I'm connected to are one and four. So as I'm trying to do seven to the best of my ability, I'm going to tip over to one and I'm going to tip over to four and I'm going to tip over to one. And I'm going to tip over to four and I'm constantly going to be using sort of like one and four in order to keep trying to do my seven thing. And the reason that those two numbers are connected to seven is because they're opposite to seven. And so with each of the numbers, the two lines that are on the other line or across the lines, are opposite to your own number in different ways. So for the seven, um, you know, it's it's one and five. Did I say something else? <laughs> I'm really No, you said one and four. One. You said one and four for the four. seven. I, four is actually in my tri-type, sorry. And in the yeah. middle of the pandemic. Yeah, no, no, no. Like we got It doesn't gotta, matter. I mean, I think I think it's a little bit, you know, you lost me a little bit there anyway, because it's I don't know enough about it to actually follow the full conversation. But I think, I think that, you know, one of the things that would be really helpful would be, you know, the ability to take the test. And if you want to take the test, you can go back to Stephanie's first podcast interview with me, which was back in, I think it was published back in July. And then on that, in the resources from there, there there's, there's several tests that you can take to find out what your type is. But then 
you know, the, the point of this one is to just kind of, you know, get some, maybe some coping strategies or some expectations of why you are acting the way you are in this time of stress. Because like for me, I'm finding that I've got a bit shorter fuse and I've got a perfect example this morning. So I was getting, I stacked my podcast interviews today. So I had three of them and one yesterday, three today. And I had set up my tea to come downstairs and, you know, and I brought my coffee down because it was earlier and I was like, okay, I'm going to go up and get my tea. And my housekeeper had come and had thrown it away. And it was, the, I thought it was the last of it. And I went off. I was like, really, you know, I was like, oh fuck. And you know, oh, is this the last of it? And I don't have, and it was dry. And how could you, you know, and I was thinking like, how could she miss that it was dry? And, you know, it was obviously wasn't, and she just, you know, just did her thing. She cleaned up. That's what she's here for. And and it's such a it's such a good example because the only meaning is the meaning I give it, right? Like who cares? It's just tea. But I at the, in that moment I gave it meaning, and then I gave that tea all the power over me, which is so dumb. But it's what I did as as me with my experiences and my you know my eightness. So <laughs> I yeah, want to so, speak to that a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, not to go into the whole thing, but this is really crucial. These two things because in stress we tend to go to one of the numbers. And in that particular example, I think it was more going to your actual eightness. Like, it, like I think our own types are, are somewhat on steroids because our mm. own type is a response of what to do in the world. You know, your Enneagram type is in order to be loved and to survive in the world, I better do X. You know, like that was the decision you made as a very little baby. So you're going to really have that on steroids. And for an eight, you're going to want to stay in control, which how can anybody be in control in a pandemic, right? So <laughs> the structure of what an eight needs is, is essentially under threat. And that's how an eight is going to perceive it. It's kind of like it's under threat. You know, they, they will be more prone to see, you know, the virus. We have to be at war with the virus. You know, we need to fight this. We need to protect ourselves. We need to, you know, go to five, your, your stress point, and be strategic about it. And, you know, like you, you, you went and you study all the numbers. That's the eight going to five. Yeah. I'm very so, strategic. Yeah. That's yeah, true. very strategic. So let's just, let's just dive into the numbers. And what I'm going to bring up is those two other points because those come into play in their reactions. Okay. Sure. So let's start with the type one, the perfectionist or the reformer and understand that their main energetic passion, their main energy is anger. And not in the sense that they're necessarily going to actually be getting angry because they usually are pretty good at stuffing that down. But it's think about what anger is. It's a judgment. It's a judgment about what is wrong. And ones are very, very hooked on, uh, you know, they want to be hardworking. They're very moral. Their values, responsibility. But they want people to do the right thing. They want to know what the right thing is. They want people to do the right thing. They want everybody doing the right thing. So ones are probably going to be a lot more prone right now to figuring out what everybody's doing wrong, what everybody needs to be doing differently, trying to figure out what the rules are. They're probably not going to be too happy that one day the rule is don't wear masks and the next day the rule is wear masks and <laughs> the rules keep changing. Probably so not. We don't know enough about it. Yeah. Not very happy. But they are a competency type that comes from the gut. And the two opposite numbers for them are going to be the four and the seven. So for the four, they could, depending on all those other variables we talked about, how, how this is affecting them, they could sink into depression because one goes to four very statistically significantly 
under stress or, you know, when things are getting bad, the one can go to four. And what that looks like is kind of going into a depression and, and some self-loathing and whatnot. So if their competency is threatened, nobody's following the rules, everything looks like it's going to hell in a handbasket, mm. you could find the ones falling into four and really feeling victimized and low. On the other hand, if they've kind of got it going on and whatever their job is allows them to continue to be competent and they think they've got a pretty good handle on, you know, people following the rules or whatever, they could be going to seven and and really shining right now. And, and, a, and a one going to seven looks like lightening up and having some fun and seeing the bright side and, and all of those kind of things. So depending on how they're affected, the one can be reacting differently. Then the two, you know, their main passion or what we call the sin (laughs) is pride. And what they pride themselves on is being all about other people and not themselves. And oh my gosh, you see this all over the place now where all the twos are putting posts on on social media and and forums saying, if anybody needs me to run to the store to get them toilet paper, and if, if anybody needs anything, I'm here. How can I help? How can I help? How can I help? How can I help? It's like the twos just blossom in all the ways that people need help because what twos always see is other people's needs. And again, depending on how badly they're affected, the two places that the two goes is to four or eight. So in flow, a two goes to four. And what that looks like, not unlike the one going to four, the one's going to four as a negative move. The two is going to four as a positive mood. And instead of focusing on everybody else, I think this is going to depend on whether they have a family at home, in which case they'll be in heaven because they can suddenly be, you know, doting on everybody in a way and probably, you know, they might be in their element now. Or yeah. if they're isolated and they live alone, they might actually be, you know, having a very, very hard time because they can't help anybody and they can't be seen as the, the, the helping one or whatever. So a positive move for them going to four would be to start to do self-care, start to be self-absorbed start to look right. at their own needs, start to explore their own feelings, Put do a little me time would be great for a, for a two right now. On the other hand, if they're more engaged in their normal two-ness, they might go to eight as a stress move. And as twos put it, that's when the gloves come off. You know, they might uh-huh. suddenly be more on edge and more bossy and controlling and manipulative in trying to help everybody. You know, I'm trying to help you put the darn mask on. What? <laughs> They could, they could be getting a lot more, you know, controlling if they're calling on that, that eightness. Yeah. Now the three, the three is called the performer or the achiever. And this is a competency type in the heart triad. So they're competent and they want to know how they're doing, how they're being seen. Are they being accepted or rejected? And again, it's going to depend on whether this pandemic is allowing them to shine like, like, I mean, I, I'm not saying he is. I have no idea what type he is. But if Fauci, for example, was a three, this would be like perfect because all of a sudden, you know, he's got the whole world's eyes on him and he can shine, you know, like he, he can really show off his stuff right now. So that would be awesome for a three. But if you're a three whose job just got cut and you now don't have any way to succeed, you don't even know how you'll ever succeed again, you're, you know, you're going to be spiraling. And if yeah. your world sort of needed people in it to in order for you to sort of get your accolades then again if you're in social isolation all by yourself this is going to be really really hard you need Mm. to project an image of success 
And when I asked this question in my group, you know, the, a lot of the image types, the twos, threes, and fours, the, 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 the heart types, the image types, they, I said, you know, are you still putting on makeup? Are you still, <laughs> how, how are you, how are you projecting your image now? And, and a lot of them have just transitioned it to online. Um, a lot of them are just, uh, you know, like doing it anyway. Like they, they just, they can't not put on their makeup. They can't not look good, even if they're just home alone, you know. But the three in stress, the, that number that they can go to in a bad way, they go to nine and they can just mm. become a total slouch, couch potato, sloth, like they could just, they could go really dark and just feel like all is lost. And they could just be binge watching Netflix and feeling like they're never going to succeed again. You know, they could be, they could be spiraling down that way. On the other hand, threes go to six as kind of a positive move. And they could be really, let's, we're all in this together. You know, this is us, you know, we're finally seeing humanity, you know, at its finest. And then of course it's a positive outlook type. So they're going to be saying, we're going to make it, you know, they could be cheerleading everybody, yeah. right? So cheerleading and, and backing people up. And that's, uh, there's a, there's a, a three that we both know, and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it together. So yeah, they're, they're let's just like keep working on it. Positive yeah. outlook with that six kind of team building yeah. aspect of it. The four, mm. the individualist, um, sometimes called the romantic, they're, they're the type who really, really wants to be authentic and creative and to express themselves uniquely. On the downside, this is the type that some people might say is kind of a drama queen or a drama king. They definitely are very emotionally real. They're in the emotional real triad and they're in the heart triad. So they, I, I see them doing two things in this. One of them is obviously definitely feeling the pain of the world. I mean, the, the empathy of those, the suffering that everyone is going through, you know, fours feel their own suffering very acutely. And now they feel everybody's suffering very acutely and they're emotionally real. So they want to talk about it. They want to, they want to express it. They want everybody to, to mirror that. And, you know, they want everybody to pay attention so a couple examples that you'll see is, you know, like they'll, they'll put a post and will say, what about the homeless? <laughs> and I mean, any of us could put that post up, but it's kind of like, you know, the pain of it. Like, what about those people, those downtrodden, you know, lots of people could post that for different reasons, but the fours are going to be focusing on their suffering, the suffering of these different people. They'll be focusing on the fact that people are going to be dying alone now and no funerals, you know, like, like <laughs> they're going to be struck by the horror of it all in a very emotionally painful way. On the positive side, if four goes to one, that's where they go as that positive move and they, they become more self-disciplined and they stop focusing on the pain and the suffering and the drama. And they take this time to be more self-disciplined, to clean out their garage, to create some new habits, to, to sort of like work on themselves. Then that's going to be a very positive move for them. On I think the that's, that's really interesting. Go, go ahead and finish and then I'll talk for a second. So on the negative, they can go to two and they want to help other people, but they're doing it like a four going to two 
is not the same as a two doing two. A four going to two has a different franticness to it, almost a desperateness to it. They desperately want to help other people kind of as a way of being connected because a four doesn't want to be disconnected. The four wants to be connected, which is similar to a two. So they can, they can kind of go on steroids with some two-ishness that yeah. seems a little bit off, I guess is the best way for me to say that. Well, anyway, so it's well, so funny because because my wife is an internist, and you know we we're we're starting to see the surge here. We're in Westchester County in New York, and you know New York, of course, everyone knows is the hardest hit uh, from this crisis. And like I said before, I think you know we've got twenty ventilators, and you know there's a lot going on. And so she's created a system, and I, th- I think she, you know she's talked a few times about. I mean, we've never had done the enneagram with her, but I think she's probably a four. And she says, "Well, all these people dying alone," and I'm like. You always die alone. <laughs> I mean, nobody. <laughs> you're always alone. I mean, you know, you don't. And and, and that, that 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 thought is so foreign to her. And for me, it's just like, well, yeah, of course they're dying alone. It, you know, they're dying. It, it's that's an alone thing. And that's my that's my own interpretation. To her strength, I mean, she created a system, right? So you know, she loves to get dressed up, and she's not dressing up. She's wearing scrubs. And she's wearing scrubs, you know, from the house. She's taking an extra pair of scrubs to change into when she gets to her office. And then she comes home and she disrobes in the garage and then down to the basement for a shower. And, you know, this is so that we don't get it, right? And, and you know, obviously I do the exact same thing when I go to the hospital. But I don't have to go as frequently as she does because I have a different specialty. So, but it's just really interesting because it looks like, you know, she, she systematized it. You know, she's, and, you know, and she's still, she's still very affected emotionally. I mean, it's, it's, it's exhausting because, you know, you can't rush into a room. You've got to completely get dressed up. I mean, I was doing procedures last weekend and it was four pairs of gloves and two gowns and, you know, two masks and a eye shield and goggles and my glasses. And, you know, it's exhausting. And, you know, for anybody who's listening, who's been, you know, continuing to fight this fight, you know, here I am being an eight talking about the war, you know. Well, and to the four, any, any emotion which is kind of a melancholy or a, or a tragedy is extremely addicting. You know, it's very, yeah. it's, it's high alert for a four when they see tragedy. And so they can't ignore it. You know, it's like, it's, that's, that's such a powerful thing for them. So they're going to be focusing on that and seeing that. And they need to be doing more of the organizing and self-discipline, you know, on themselves and focusing on the, you know, is what will kind of pull them out of that. So I'm going to try to get through these, the five, you know, their main passion is avarice, which is kind of like a hoarding, you know, it's a, it's a pull it in and hang on to it. And it's also a minimalist kind of a survival minimalist, but the other thing is that their position is very much as an observer looking out onto the world. So in a lot of ways, the fives are in heaven all over the internet. You can see the five saying, yeah, I was born for this. They just love it. It's like, this is how we should all operate, you know, in our own little space, <laughs> interacting on an as needed basis. Right. So yeah. I, I don't really think the fives are, are going through a whole lot right now. A lot of them are studying the numbers and, you know, they're putting their their main gift to the world is their analysis and their strategy and, you know, their intellect. And they, they have all the space in the world to be doing that and, you know, dying alone, you know, okay. You know, it's, it's like, I, I don't see the fives being tremendously affected by this. Although I do see some of my five friends being way more off the conspiracy theory charts, but not all fives are prone to that. Just some of them are. So let's move to the six. The six is 
on high, high, high alert. The six is the loyal skeptic. Their passion is fear. So you can imagine that they are in full swing right now. The sixes are always looking for what's behind the scenes, when's the other shoe going to drop, what's going to happen next. They're always looking at the danger. They want security. They want certainty all the time. So right now during a pandemic, on the one hand, that's going to be on steroids. On the other hand, because the sixes have always been, you know, paranoid and expecting the worst to happen, in some ways they were born for this as well. You know, sixes in general tend to perform very well in actual crisis because their mind has prepared them for it forever. This is no surprise to them. This didn't blindside them, right? And so they have been preparing and have been shoring up their sources of certainty and security for a long, long time. So they're probably coping a lot better than most, even though their own fear you know, sort of might be on steroids, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. even more right now. And then the seven, the enthusiast or the adventurer, again, I see a real split in how they're reacting to this because in general, sevens need to be occupied. They need to be happy. They need to be going after all the options and the possibilities and next, 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 next. So the ones who are somehow stopped in their tracks and restricted and restrained through this, are freaking out. They are just in the most desolate, dark, seven place you've ever seen. You know, this is a positive outlook head type. And when they can't see a way out, when they can't see a positive future, they're like the worst type on the Enneagram. Like that's, that's just horrible for a seven. And so depending on their situation, if they're now financially destitute and, you know, somebody died and, and they see the seriousness of the pandemic and they're locked in their home alone, that seven needs help. That seven's in deep trouble right now. You know, they need mentally to see a positive tomorrow. That's what they have to work on trying to figure out for themselves. How can they see a positive tomorrow? Because as long as they can see a positive tomorrow, the seven will be fine. But that might look very bleak for some of them right now. That's what I'm seeing on the internet. On the other hand, you see these sevens who aren't necessarily, you know, their self-preservation is not at threat right now. But they don't like the restriction of being home. So they're getting like super creative and crazy, you know, like they're doing all these insane activities with their families and, you know, their mind is spinning all the possibilities within the little home. You know, they've got to, they've got to get all that energy and excitement and enthusiasm, you know, restricted within their four walls. So if they know yeah. how to do that, you know, they're doing fine. Very different reaction to things. Now, the eight, the asserter, the challenger, the protector, the main passion, mm -hmm. oh, I'm sorry, the seven's sin is gluttony. So they might hoard, but not out of fear or kind of like avarice, but more like they don't want to be deprived. So they're going to want to make sure that they have whatever they need to not be deprived. But the eight, the sin is lust. Not necessarily sexual, but kind of like this power this control, like I want to, I want it and I want to control it kind of energy. And so as we've discussed, they tend to be taking a couple of different paths depending on their ideology, but for sure the eights are speaking up right now. The eights <laughs> are reacting. The eights are, you know, trying to do what they can to, to fix this situation one way or the other. And they want other people to respond. I, I think you modeled that very well when you were like, wake up people. <laughs> 
banks seem to want everybody to be waking up and responding. And, yeah. and the two places that they go are to five, you know, kind of like that, pulling the energy in and strategizing and thinking things through. And they go to two, their, their positive move is to two. So if they can channel that, that energy into helping others, you know, they're not suffering so much from the trauma and the tragedy and the emotion and the image. And, you know, like they're not suffering a lot of the things that other people are suffering. So yeah. they are in a unique position to really be able to help the world right now because they've got that strength that is like, yeah, we're going to die alone. Yep. This is happening. Yep. We're at war. And here's what we do. You know, they're leaders, they're born leaders. And when they go to two, and they have that heart and that compassion to help others, which is where they go. You know, this is, again, their time to shine. You know, there's so yeah. many things that the eights can be doing right now. And I see them doing it, whether online or, or out there on the front line. And last but not least is the nine. And they kind of think they're the least or they, 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 they're the least self-important. <laughs> they see themselves as unimportant. But their passion is sloth. And again, I'm not seeing nines terribly affected by this. Most of the nines that I see are just binging on Netflix, right? I mean, you know, it's like they're all about comfort and they're a positive outlook gut type. And so it's like all of Generation X, right? What's that? It's all of Generation X. They, they say, oh yeah, this latchkey kids, we were, we were created for this. We were created for this. Yeah. Well, for the <laughs> nine, it's just kind of like, I'm sure it's going to be okay. You know, they're going to be downplaying the horror of it. They're going to be downplaying the fear of it. And, and they're going to be, although their stress move is to six. So they can be more paranoid now than they ever have been. Finally, okay. my nine husband is washing his hands. You know, finally, of all, <laughs> you know, we've got almost 30 years together and yeah. to try to get him to respect germs has been an exercise in futility. Even when he got hit by a capillary attacking bacteria, a super wow. bacteria, and it took out all of his organs. He, he had to have, he has cow valves in his heart now. He had, wow. you know, two heart surgeries and all of his organs. He almost died multiple times because of this bacteria. Still never respected germs. Still not washing his hands. Still not, you know, like he just doesn't have a worry in the world. Well, now for some reason, he really is taking this seriously and he is doing the protocols and washing his hands and doing all those things. But for the most part, I think nines are just sort of like, wow, this is nice. You know, we all just get to relax and just hang out in our homes. This is a great way to fight a war. I'm all in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to be mindful of the, our time together. And, you know, this was, this was kind of a, another whirlwind through the Enneagram. And yeah, I think that, you know, to, to find out more, I think, you know, you can take the Enneagram test and you can go back to our our first podcast together, which is on the drmichellegordon.com forward slash podcasts. And then the other thing is, is that I really would like to, you know, give people an opportunity to connect with you so that they can ask you more questions. So where can people find you? Well, the best thing that everybody can do is actually join my Enneagram Facebook group, which is called Enneagram Openings. And okay. you can actually just go to enneagramopenings.com and it takes you directly to that Facebook group. Oh, that's page. great. Um, enneagramopenings.com. And so definitely connect with me there. Ask whatever questions you have about the Enneagram. Join the conversation there. And you can also, I have a website called Enneagram Training, enneagramtraining.com. So Great. there's a contact form on there if you want to shoot me an email or something like that. So awesome. Uh, join All the right, conversation. Well 
Hey, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast again. It's been great having you. And it's always so much fun to have this kind of self-discovery, you know, about the fact that I do what I do is probably because that's what I do, you know, because of my type, which is, you know, I don't feel like I have Yeah, to- it's all kind of about how exactly does your particular, you know, Rube Goldberg machine work, you know, like which of the types are dominant and then you've got the instincts, and you've got the triads, you've got all these different dynamics. And I see them all at play right now in this pandemic. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for for coming on to the Metaphysical Podcast. Thank you, Michelle. You stay safe. You too. Fight the fight. Stay safe. Will do. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon, and I wanted to take a moment to share what one of our community members has achieved since she's been working with me. Amanda has had an amazing transformation. Amanda was struggling with joint pain, hot flashes, forgetfulness, sleeplessness, weight gain, and an angry mood. In addition, she lost her confidence and self-worth as menopause crept up on her. Since joining the Menopause Movement membership, Amanda's quality of life has improved in ways no one could have predicted. She has truly transcended the symptoms of menopause and is now living her best life. This is what I want for everyone in the community. Take a listen to Amanda's story. I just want to show you what's possible when you join the community and do the work. Transcendence is available for you, too. Now here's Amanda. Hi, my name is Amanda. I am 54 years old and I live in the UK. At this moment in time, I'm in a fairly good place in my life. Recently, I've lost 18 pounds and I feel healthier and more content than I have done in a long time. However, it hasn't always been this way. Back in October 2011, I had an accident which resulted in a serious injury and surgery and subsequently changed my life forever. And over the next few years during my recovery, menopause crept up on me, but I didn't realise what was happening straight away. I started suffering from more joint pain. I went from always being cold to feeling like I was going to internally combust several times a day. I was getting really forgetful. My sleep pattern was terrible. I piled the weight on and looked pregnant and I felt angry all the time. When things were at their worst, I felt incredibly alone and very down. I lost my confidence and self-worth and I felt completely misunderstood and confused about what was happening to me. I received very little support or information from my GP and there was limited information on the internet, but what I really wanted and needed was someone to talk to. The turning point for me was at the beginning of July 2019, when completely by accident, I came across Dr. Michelle Gordon's Facebook page on the menopause movement. At that time, she was doing daily live streams and I started listening to them. I related to a lot of what she was saying and I was really interested in the variety of topics about menopause that she was talking about, the alternative ways to manage menopause symptoms in a more natural way and how your mindset is the key factor to transforming your life more positively. I was also really interested to listen to the other ladies in the group and what they had to say. Ladies who had been or were still suffering from similar symptoms to me. How a lot of them have been able to manage their symptoms much better, and how they have turned their lives around and embraced menopause instead of treating it like a demon. Although nervous about taking a risk to join a group I didn't know, I knew that I couldn't and didn't want to carry on living my life the way I was and feeling the way I was feeling. So I made a decision that I too wanted to learn more about menopause, how to manage my symptoms better 
and most importantly, learn more about my mindset and the fact that I needed help with changing my outlook on life in order for me to get it back. Life is nowhere near perfect and some days I still have my struggles. But on the whole, I can honestly say that I am in a much better place than I have been for a long time. And for my down days, I understand better how to manage them so they don't get out of hand. I am now on a journey with a fantastic community of like-minded women, all of whom continue to support each other no matter where we all live. And I no longer feel confused, misunderstood, worthless or alone. For me, this group has been both a lifesaver and a life changer. And most importantly, the one-to-one private coaching sessions that are available with Dr. Gordon as part of the membership have been invaluable to me. They provide me with an opportunity to discuss more difficult and private issues that I am struggling with and an opportunity to find solutions to address them. Without doubt, I can wholeheartedly say that I owe Dr. Gordon and her group everything for showing me how to take my life back and, more importantly, take control of it. Joining her membership has been the best thing that I have ever done. However, this course is not for everyone. If you're looking for a quick fix that doesn't cost you any time, money or effort, then this is not the group for you. But if you're in a similar situation to how I was not that long ago, feeling desperate and at the end of your tether, but are willing to invest in your own future happiness and peace of mind, but are unsure as to what to do, ask questions and talk to Dr. Gordon. And if you choose to take that leap of faith, you won't regret it, because who wouldn't want to take their life back if they had the chance? If you are feeling like Amanda, you're not alone. There is help for you in the Menopause Movement membership. I want to help you transcend your symptoms and live your best life. To discover how you can become a part of this life-changing community, go to menopausemovement.com. Thank you.